Y'all, welcome back to Kentucky Fried Wargaming, where two guys who aren't qualified to talk about anything decide to talk about a game with hard math and chance. I'm Joe. And I'm John. And on this episode, we are shamelessly stealing a topic directly from a comment on YouTube. Uh, yep. Because, dear God, we don't have original thoughts. Um, but no. Are any thoughts. <laughs> Empty head. John, I haven't had a thought since the Nixon administration. I refuse to admit anything else. Don't think about it too hard, John. I'm, I'm watching your brain explode in real time. It's still going, dear God. You could have done something about Reagan. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what man can fight evil? Uh, anyway, so this is from Don Juanden. Uh, in the, we're going to talk today about scales in mini game in mini wargaming. Uh this is something we I don't think we would have thought of to talk about on our own almost ever. I think we've like gotten close to it when discussing topic ideas, but we're like, no, nah, nobody wants to hear that. Yeah, but my brain like never yeah. connected the dots to this as we're discussing ever. Like I don't think it ever would have. Mm -hmm. It would have just walked past that little neural pathway that's atrophied for all eternity. Uh and never ever reached out to connect the two ideas together. So to Don Wanden, we thank you. Um, Real man of genius. <laughs> um, God, it's not even Super Bowl time. Oh my God, I can't wait for Super Bowl time. I'm going to get to force you to learn about sports. You even recently went to a football game. Let the record show, John messaged me asking about football strategy. It Without irony. And then was interested. It's true. Your dork card is in danger. Um, yeah. Today, scale. Play the music! John, I don't need to do transitions. It's football brain. I, <laughs> I just badly want to talk about how, like... The Bengals have not won the Super Bowl, and I wanted to try to like lightly smack talk like, oh, maybe we'll do it this year. But then I got really scared that if I did that, I would ruin our chances, and then we would immediately get thrown out first round if, because uh, the AFC North right now is nutty. So I I did it. My brain froze. I locked up. I couldn't risk it. Was this a Bengals podcast? No, no, not. I don't have that. <laughs> I don't know nearly enough. <laughs> um. John, what have you been doing? Okay, so me, I've done a lot, all right? I uh, printed a Kraken Eater Giant because a buddy of mine needs a Cracker Eater Giant for our big Joe Hammercon as a last-minute addition to be able to attend the event. And hey, yo. making it happen. Gonna be done. We're gonna have a great time. You telling me just um, some coordinated logistics and printing, we could get another person involved? I'm in. Yeah. Sold. Yeah. Sold. Turns out. Turns no out question. we're great at logistics, so hey -o. Who knew? Uh, on top of that, I magnetized my entire Slaves of Darkness army so that they are more easier to transport. Yeah. That's done. Built the rest of what I needed and then magnetized them. It's not exciting, uh, but it's super helpful. I painted a little bit more of them. 
And then I was just like, not in the headspace to keep painting these dudes. I've painted so many. Don't lie to me. It's the gold trim. It's the gold trip. It's definitely it's the gold, the gold trip. trip. I knew it's it was the gold trip. Oh, I warned such you. A pain the ass. I warned like, you so hard when you started. Like, I don't know, man. That will probably look all right, but it looks a little time consuming. I'm like, no, Joe. I want something that I'm forcing myself to take my time on. Yeah. These Anyways, chickens have come the... home to roost. Uh, and then beyond that, for 40k. Uh, I painted a little bit of guardsman stuff, not my whole ton, um, mm-hmm. not even to completion. So like, eh, it's hard to count. Um, and then I've been prepping for Flesh Eater Quartz to get their book soon because it's clear from the trailer it's gonna happen. Oh, even though I will probably not be playing them for the next event, uh, but I want to kind of like eh, it's a fun little thing to play around with. Um, but I'm heavily looking at Cruel Boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's my next AOS thing to work on because I already have a bunch of the models from Dominion. They're just sitting up there, and it fits my playstyle of A, being a bastard, and B, being a uh, like stealthy, like tricky guy. And uh, that is like repeals my genes to the cult brain. And it uh, is different than Slaves of Darkness to such a degree, I think I won't feel any sort of like burnout. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, Lord of the Rings orcs mixed with Gene Stealer cults and then some Jim Henson monster design on the side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really dig the monsters. Also, the little like ogre dude with a uh, butt pillow is phenomenal. Uh, I love the little story it implies. So good. Uh, and then moving away from Games Workshop products, I've been working, spending the most amount of my time on Conquest, Last Arc of Kings, Woodrun. What? What is Conquest? Yeah. Oh my god. I am I, not responsible for this at all. Yes. I built my um, Escalation League force to start. Um, based every like base stand that I have out of the one player starter kit. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I can just like paint the models and put them on it and that part's done. Uh, while watching the X-Files, and then I went ahead and got my roommate and editor in, Seth, to Old Dominion, and convinced him to split the new uh, supercharged two-player starter set with me, and I hey. also bought more models. From I just want to say, we uh, we sniped our own teammates two mm-hmm. weeks in a row, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, I did that solo episode while John was gone about Death Guard, and I thought, like, oh, yeah, maybe I made a cool enough pitch that someone will pick up Death Guard. Our video editor Tanner messaged me going, you bastard. Because uh, <laughs> while editing, he was like, oh, these guys sound kind of cool. And now he's, like, dabbling at Death Guard. And then uh, last episode, we got our audio editor, Seth. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know if he would have got in, but then he saw that really cool model of, like, the fallen, rotting avatar goddess thing with her, like, zombie dogs. And, uh, got him. In. In. <laughs> Sold America. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we'll be talking more about Conquest later. Hint. Uh, but, like, they're just a fun thing to work with. Uh, my only qualm with the Woodroom kits is that the older ones are like, it's very clear like earlier on in their production. There's a lot of like trimming they gotta do and the instructions suck. Uh, like, you yeah. have to figure a lot out on your own. Um, yeah. I'm not s- saying the kits are bad. The kits are super cool, but like I second that in my own hobby progress, I'll circle back to that frustration. 
But I am excited to play the game, get the game, build the game, paint the models, because the orcs on dinosaurs who love their mother, and that's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, over here, you? mine's been fairly similar, trying to prep for this Escalation League we talked about on the last episode. Uh, so, like, I've been painting a lot of Lumineth lately to get ready for uh, this event that's coming up as we're recording this in just a couple of days. I mean, like, four days from the time we're recording. Our next Joe Hammercon is going to happen when we're playing Age of Sigmar. Uh, so I have painted a ton of elves. So much Lumineth in this custom army uh, for that weekend. And I love that. I'm excited to play them. They're, they're super fun to paint. Uh, but I have painted a lot of them back to 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 back. To back. Uh, so I decided to give myself just a little treaty uh, for all of that painting. And uh, I painted up some conquest instead. Just like one little unit of Ugar, uh, because I wanted to paint some big, dumb, blue boys. Um, and that was really fun. We'll circle back to it, but I mean, they're on a larger scale, which made them like a really relaxing, fun paint job. And I knocked them out in... I probably could have knocked them out in an evening, but I split it up into two, just waiting for stuff to dry. Um, but it did not take long. It's really relaxing. Based them up, ready to go for the league. Easy peasy. Uh, and then jumped right back into Lumineth, and then, uh, I did not want to paint any more foot troops, because I painted so many, so, uh, we were down to Mountain Town, uh, and I have been painting a Battle Cattle, an Attack Yak, an Owl Cow, all week. I've put so much time into this freaking cow. <laughs> yeah, but you're enjoying it, so... I am, I am. It's it's looking really cool, uh, I gotta say. I'm pretty proud of it. The only downside is I wanted to, like, uh, I finished it off with a whole bunch of magma airbrushed uh, color transitions on, like, the hammer and the eyes through, uh, like, a four-color workup to look like heat, glow, and stuff. I might take, I go back in with a fifth color just to, like, finish out just, like, a little pop. But um, I wanted to finish it off with some Dirty Down Moss, that stuff that everybody really, really likes. The moss is making me lose my mind. It did not do the thing I was told it would do. And I have been jumping from YouTube video to YouTube video and Reddit to Reddit trying to figure out why and how. And I, 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 don't, I don't know if it worked out. Like I was over there with a hairdryer and a Vortex mixer and like hot mug of water doing this like quick hot hands never lose heat quick reload of my tiny brush that I'm sure is ruined from this material trying to like paint it on a surface but not too much then hit it with a hair dryer and still keep the heat on it while trying to screw the cap back on and put it in the thing and if it we'll see if it looks like boss or if it looks like booty but if it looks like booty I don't know I give up it's the last step like I, I'm not starting over um reminds me I have your dirty down rust still you do have my dirty town rest. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe I could, if it doesn't quite work the way I wanted, I could salvage it. Or I might just have to repaint all of the stone. Or maybe I just, I learned to not care. We'll I see. Mean, I'm pretty sure AK Interactive makes a green enamel wash. You could maybe spray over that and then pull a little bit away with mineral spirits to make it look more faded. Oh, we, it's, can, we can talk about it later. It's not that. It's that it's not reacting at all. Like, I put it on, and it's just green stain that looks like a contrast paint that's shiny. 
So like, I'm trying all the things, like I am heating up the model with like a, a, a nice hairdryer really close. I got the bottle heating up in hot water. I'm scraping the bottom to make sure there's no gunky gunk hidden in suspension on the bottom. Like I, this last pass, I have done all of the steps and it is just to my left drying and I can't look at it. I've, apparently I'm trying not to look back and be trapped in the pits of hell. Um, I just got to not look backwards. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. I have no thoughts about it. Um, and I also, uh, did the weapon, uh, fade on, uh, my hammer unit, uh, cause they also worship that. And so whole bunch of blends on their weapons at the same time, which are dead, dead, dead. Um, now looking into conquest, I have finished building the Huskarls, which are now completely done. But again, a little frustration. There's so many mold lines that are in a painful spot to to file off. So it was a little more time consuming than I expected. Um, and the shields don't have a connection socket. They just flat shield, uh, which was not fun to try to hold in place and get to stick. Uh, I get it. Some of their earlier kits, it is what it is, but just, you know, it took a little more time than I anticipated. Uh, moving forward though, I've got a couple of days before Joe Hammercod and I'm challenging myself to see if I can paint two units of cavalry and my terrain feature within those few days. Will that be army complete? No, <laughs> that will s still leave behind uh, 20 archers, one ballista and a uh, hero on a cool mount. All right, so kill your archers and ballista first so that you feel less shame. Got it. Yes, please. Get them off the table. <laughs> got it, got it. The gray Bullshit. shame. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I have, uh, I've been hobbying my butt off despite being sick the past week. Uh, so I'm pretty proud of it. Just, there's so much more hobby to go. And now we're looking down the barrel of another Johammercon we might plan in February. And I might have to paint me some flesh eater quartz to do a couples project with my wife. So she could play pretty vampires and I could be her feral vampire husband. And no, it's a feral retriever husband. There it is. Yes. Yes. Um, I'm also going to have to help with this flesh eater court. Like, uh, Travaganza. Cause we're going to have to make sure uh, your wife has all the models. So I'm also going to be helping with your wife with flesh eater court. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's uh, quite the collection behind me in the closet. She has like a lot of Flesh Eater Court models. The problem is, who knows what they're coming out with for new sculpts. And some of those old ones might end up getting replaced with new sculpts, depending on what they do. So uh, also the Warcry Warbands and stuff where like you probably want some of those pieces and they're kind of hard to track down because you can't buy them online anymore. And mm -hmm. you can't order them. Like you have to like find them in a store. Um, yeah. And I'll have to try to help her put together a Soul Blight Gravelord army. Which, like, we have some stuff behind me painted and ready to go, but not enough to hit 2k yet. <clears throat> so, we'll see. Figuring it out. But, uh, for most of them, at least, they're all at the same scale. But that's not entirely true. And let's talk about it.
All right, John. Scale. Yeah. It's one of those things you don't think about, at least if you're me. Um, every day. I, I use a food scale every day, man. I'm trying to cut. Constant. Food? Yeah. Food scale. Okay. Um, so... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have a joke. I use a food scale every day to measure up my Greek yogurt. That's a joke only some people are going to get. That's it. Okay. Um, so scale. What are we talking about when we talk about scale? Why is this worth an episode? Uh, and I feel like to really talk about this, if you are like us and you're a casual player of tabletop war games, you might not have thought about this a lot because Lord knows I didn't. But this might be affecting you more than you think. But generally speaking, let's define it. Uh, so a scale is a rough size measuring system that is used to anchor a war game to some proportion of real life. Uh, so, for example, Warhammer is set at a 28 millimeter scale. Yep. Just in general. And that's for locked now. in for their whole game. For now. Uh, are you alluding to something, John? we'll talk more about it later but yeah like warhammer is all at a 28 millimeter scale and i would say that the vast majority of war games are also at a 28 millimeter scale um enough that it is surprising when one isn't mm-hmm. um and like we you know we came up with this concept of a video from a listener um who's talking about conquest which is at a larger scale than warhammer which like at first people don't realize because you look at the photos and you don't really see the difference you know they're minis um, they look fantasy-esque they're roughly the same size in pictures until you get them on the table and in front of yeah, you they are different sized mm-hmm. so this scale is like is set by game uh, the designers set it very early on in development uh in the scale is it just for miniatures it extends to terrain it extends to uh, objective markers and then Normally, they sort of scale it around some sort of mini that's roughly human-sized, and then everything, ever, all the other miniatures are bigger or smaller than that by some proportion. Uh, for example, in Warhammer, in 40k, uh, the Guardsman is a good example of like a, a, a human-scaled anchor for their uh, modelers to use to know how big or how small to make something. Because at this point, yep. they're all doing digital design and playing mm-hmm. around with models that way. I think Conquest, a good example would be like a militia footman. Like one mm-hmm. of the Hundred Kingdoms guys is probably a good like parallel. Just a um, human with a pike. Yeah. And then like Cities of Sigmar dudes from Age of Sigmar. Boom. Uh, but there are some games that have smaller scale. Like, because, uh, you know, so far we've talked about like, the middle of the ground and we've talked about the higher end. And we're going to talk about the lower end now. And that's something like Ty- Titanicus or Epic uh, 40K. At eight millimeters. Eight yes. millimeters. I looked it up because I was just yes. kind of curious how small. Yeah, well, that's where you have like squads of guys on bases. Uh, bolt action is also a smaller scale. Like that's where you have like entire units of dudes on bases because you're trying to fit in larger things. Like bolt action is not eight mil though, is it? No, it's not eight mil. Um, but like epic, for instance, like you're trying to fit titans and space marines. In the same scale on like a 2,000 point value sort of like board size. It's 28. So you're trying. Hmm? It's 28. Oh, okay. Well, it's 28. I was wrong. Um, And like, so to do that, you have to scale stuff way down. 
So you'll have like tiny little vehicles and tiny little titans and like little squads of dudes and thing, which is very neat and very interesting. But also means that the terrain cannot be the same as 40k, mm-hmm. right? Like a 40k building, right? The like a guardsman can sit next to, right? If you put a squad of space marines that are smaller than that guardsman next to it, it's going to look super off. Yeah, um, and. It's one of those things you, again, you don't think about until you play something that's different or you notice something that's vastly, vastly different. Because, for example, you know, 28mm for Warham is pretty much the standard in tabletop war games from what I've seen. Uh, Some go a little bigger at 32mm is their standard, but the difference between those two at 4mm of like an anchored difference is, it's so minor I barely notice it in terms of like terrain and stuff most of the time. And I sort of alluded to it earlier, and I can talk about it here slightly, is like, you're already starting to see the scale for 40k go up from what we're used to. Like, uh, if you look at the Guardsman kit from, like, 2004 to the Guardsman kit that came out, like, last year, the year before, mm-hmm. uh, like, the new Cadians, they got bigger. Much. Like, it, uh, like, like Termagants, another good example, they got bigger. Terminators, bigger. Like, look at the Primaris compared to old Marines bigger right the scale has gone up slightly um closer to 32 but really you don't see people talking about it too much because the difference isn't that big of a deal but when you're sitting and painting the model it feels better it Mm -hmm. looks better it is easier to like draw the attention it is a bigger canvas to play on and then you know you have a game like conquest where like they're trying to get to the feeling of a rank and flank game like old warhammer fantasy in order to simulate that feeling without asking you to buy like 300 models, they increase the scale. Yeah, so it's at 38 millimeters for Conquest. Yeah. So like, that's interesting. And the thing is, is even though like that, like 28 to 38 sounds like a big jump, um, Conquest is helped by the fact that A, it's fantasy, so it's a lot easier to fit terrain in there because you just need less of it generally. And also like a lot of stuff you're using is to be like mountains, trees hills right? fences they're not like yeah they're not sized to people like buildings uh and even the buildings in 40k and not 40k but like aos you normally make the buildings larger than you need to because there's like big things in there like ogres and yada yada and heroes and stuff. big magic critters yeah yeah so it can it can still work it might look a little wonky in some some instances but for the most part the terrain shouldn't need to change um which i think is a benefit it's also because a lot of the gw terrain kits are getting larger um, mm-hmm. than their old ones, which is also neat and useful because it takes up more board space. Yeah, uh, like, I think if they do creep up to 32 over time from 28, I agree. I don't think you need to change your terrain kits or anything like that. No. Um, it'll probably be all right. And I get why they want to do it. It does look better. The models just look nicer uh, as you scale up a little compared to what they were working with before in the old days when they were doing physical molds and, you know, pewter miniatures. Um, yeah, and like from working with conquest minis for the last like week or so, I can also say that like it just it feels more impressive when you put them down. I think part of it's because of like their bases. I have like four dudes to a stand, but like the actual miniatures feel more impactful on the table than like. Way back when, when I played Skaven and Fantasy, and I had like 60 Skaven on a 
like regiment of dudes. It's just like, oh. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think this starts to get into why scale really matters in your war game. Because it does. Yeah. It's subtle, but it does. Um, so think about it this way. Uh, when you're a game designer and you set your table size, let's say four foot by six foot or something like it, four foot by four foot. In your head, you are trying to get your game to look a particular way in terms of how full that board space is with regiments, units, heroes, monsters, you know, whatever you're into. Um, and the larger your scale is, the larger each individual miniature will be. Which means the less minis you need to make a table look appropriately full for a battle. Uh, the opposite of true is well. It, the smaller you go in scale, the more minis you will have on the table uh, and will be required to fill that space just because each one's ittier and bittier. Uh, but that also has some drawbacks, even though it does give you much plastic model. So, like... These are hard baked into the games you play. Uh, and they have effects as well. Um, I mean, like John said, your terrain is going to be affected by this heavily. Like, uh, you know, if you're playing Warhammer at 28 millimeter, you might have yourself, uh, you know, an Imperial Guard bunker, maybe a little gun dugout, maybe a trench line, a factory, something like that. Uh, however, if you're playing Titanicus at eight millimeter scale, which means you are just like your giant Imperial walkers are going to be little tiny things. Uh, in that case, it's so colossal. You're not going to have brush on the table. No. Bushes, bushes are gone. Fences. Yeah. Fences. You can't do fences. Fences too tiny. Even, like, small mortar impact craters and stuff that would look really cool on a 40k table. Yeah, those have got to go for that small of a scale. It's big buildings or nothing. I think you could still use the craters because you can just... Those can be, like, places where ruins fell or, like, big shots from some of the bigger guns. They'd have to be some pretty hellacious craters to make them feel I think you'd impactful. use less craters. Like, it would become, like, a centerpiece kind mm -hmm. of thing. Yeah, but, like, at the scale, even a regular crater is, like, three times the size of your big walkers in Titanicus. Like, the scale is so skewed that whatever you have size for 28 is just going to look odd. That's true. And that's intentional. I mean, like, in uh, Titanicus, they did it that small because these things in the lore are miles tall. Like, And the fights between them are so colossal. Like, you can't... Like, I know you can get, like, a Warlord Titan for, like, Apocalypse games, um, but, like, what happens when you have, like, four Warlord Titans fighting four Warlord Titans? Like, Sorry, not miles tall. Not... The battlefields of these small skirmishes between these are miles wide. There we go. Yeah. Like, it's They're just... Huge. Yeah. Huge. It, 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 the scale is astronomical, and so being able to play in that sort of setting means the scale has to go down. Yeah. It's a conceit and, of what you're trying to do. And so does, like, the, like and the mechanics also change with the scale, um, with, like, terrain and lots of other stuff. But, like, specifically with terrain, the smaller the scale is, the more you have to go to simulate the effects of terrain with numbers and mechanics. Whereas mm -hmm. I think the more close, the closer you are to the middle uh, and higher, the more the rules for terrain matter less. Um, I know that sounds wild, but, like, most of the terrain rules for... 
like 28 millimeter or 38 millimeter are going to come from their ability to physically block line of sight and physically block the battlefield. Mm-hmm. In smaller scale games, that still exists, but it's to a much lesser degree. Yeah. I mean, think about it this way. Like, when you're playing Warhammer, Star Wars Legion, uh, Conquest, Song of Ice and Fire, like all of these games, when you go to draw line of sight, you are looking, you sort of get your head down behind your models and try to look almost like their eye line would be and look through the buildings, look over the brush, look over the craters and see if you can, with true line of sight, see another unit to shoot them. Much like you would if you were that little guardsman trying to, like, sight down your rifle to shoot at something. And all of those models are big enough, and the terrain is big enough, that you can comfortably get your eyes low enough to do that. Uh, Mm -hmm. Pretty much all the time, unless you get into, like, a weird, very, very dense terrain situation. Um, And that's intended. It kind of speeds things up, and it means that, you know... You don't need to write a whole lot of rules about whether or not you could see that enemy Chaos Space Marine because, well, I don't know, can't you see it? Yeah, but that's why you've seen a lot of the terrain rules kind of shift towards a true line of sight and like, oh, it's kind of obscured, get plus one armor safe. So you don't have to use as many words. But if you're playing Titanicus, good luck getting your eyes low enough to be able to really truly understand uh, true line of sight. It's just hard. Everything's tight. It's also... When you have like like it, it's also the type of thing shooting, right? Like if you have a squad of dudes trying to draw line of sight through a building, right? It would make sense they can see through windows and stuff there. And there's also like ten of them uh, on a single base, as opposed to like in 40k proper, where you've got like say 20 guardsmen and four of them can see through the base. All right, well only four dudes are going to shoot. Mm-hmm. Right, like that. There's there's different situations that need to be accounted for. Um, it just yeah. kind of skews the scaling. Um, but in like like previous, like we said, like 38 millimeter conquest, right? Functionally, no real difference. Really, really haven't seen very much difference between that and Age of Sigmar. Yeah, I mean, it's still true line of sight as to what you could shoot. Uh, the big difference is that it's using movement trays as opposed to just like place anywhere bases. But that's not because of the scaling. That's a different sort of driving factor. Um, but mechanically, they're in the same sort of ballpark that it's not heavily influencing the design from an early fundamental level, which scale entirely does when you are making a game. And uh, like the next thing that it really sort of like alters and adjusts is narrative, right? Like scale, I think heavily heavily impacts narrative mm-hmm. um, is much different when you have like, I'm going to paint 20 Titans and like a legion of space Marines for Titanicus. And you're like, Oh, okay. So like all of them are going to be like one color and another color and like, cool. These dudes are just blanket die. And then whatever. Whereas like with conquest, you have 12 dudes in a three stand unit. And they look like huge on the table. Not like comparatively huge. Like they look like they take up a lot of space. And so you can tell the different kind of narrative there. You can tell in a way smaller scale conflicts, but that feel like bigger scale conflicts. Whereas the reverse is true for Titanicus, where you are doing bigger scale conflicts, 
but you're still like without the unwieldiness of a large scale conflict. Mm-hmm. So you can do like whole long can like you can do like six matches of Titanicus Titanicus back and forth to do an entire war. Yeah, you're doing a campaign. Or at least yeah. a battlefront on Terra somewhere. Yes. Like you don't have to just be like, oh well this is this individual skirmish that leads into this individual skirmish that then like builds up to this massive fight. Mm-hmm. And that massive fight has like two tanks in it. Like it is completely different narratives. And I think that's one of the benefits of having so many different scaling for like a system or like a setting like 40K where like if you really wanted to, you could be like, all right, we're going to do a kill team game. We're going to do a skirmish, 28 millimeter game to like do the first beginning skirmishes that are like hinting at the greater conflict. And then you do a 40K conflict game that's like, okay, this is the escalating conflict and the like the determining from this is going to say, it's like set up our final tit- our epic 40k game where we're going to fight for this world and we're going against another and you've used three different systems with three different scales to tell a narrative which mm-hmm. is interesting that you can do that with that setting and it's a boon um, and phenomenal but also like things like bolt action allows you to tell a like history channel style fight without having to like spend four months doing it mm-hmm. it lets you do a little bit of shorthand to ease some of the burdens of logistics and model count yeah um, which is why for me like when when we were discussing how we wanted to end this the big thing for me is that like i really do not want to end this by saying that one scale is superior to all the others because that's just it's it's not true it is entirely subjective um And for me, the big point I want to leave you on is that there are going to be a variety of scales as you are exploring war games and seeing what games you're interested in. And all of them have their pros and cons. They've they've got goals that they are trying to hit. They've got vibes they're trying to emulate. uh, And depending on what sort of person you are and what kind of folk you play games with and what you're into, like some of these scales might be more weighted for you than others. But they're all going to have pros and cons. Uh, however, the big issue that they all share is that if you are someone who plays multiple games, like John and I, uh, and you jump between scales on these games, uh, that might be a little rough for you. That's just mm-hmm. universally true. You know, yeah. if you are playing Titanicus and 40K, the terrain is not going to work across that border. It's just not. Uh, yeah, like I think that's one of the biggest things that's prevented me from getting into something like Epic, right? Is like, I really like it in concept, but like I then have to build a bunch of terrain. And terrain is already a hard thing to acquire a bunch of, to have like a variation in your battlefield. It takes up a lot of space. Mm-hmm. It can be very expensive. Like, it's difficult. Um, and it's time consuming to make yourself, to make it not expensive. <laughs> uh, like. You're paying in money or time. That, that Yeah. So, like, I guess, like, for me, my ending thoughts is, like, for accessibility, if that is your biggest concern, probably stick to 28 millimeter. Um, but if you have the ability to diversify and try out different things, go for it. Mm-hmm. Go for it, go for it. But, as, like, a kind of final little tidbit is if you are more interested in fantasy than sci-fi, you have an easier time trying on different scales. 
That's true. Because you can just use the same terrain. I think I think it's that's the exception. Is like with sci-fi games, terrain matters way more. Because there's so much shooting. There's so many rifles. You got mm-hmm. long-range cannons and artillery and planes and tanks. Like yeah. long-range guns everywhere. Yeah. Whereas like with fantasy, you can sort of make everything work. You can go to an aquarium. You can go to like a pet store and buy a bunch of aquarium castles and throw them on a table and be like, we're going to do Stormcast versus Cruel Boys. And then we're going to play another game and it's going to be Woodrune versus Nords. And then we're going to play another game and it's going to be uh, Old World when that comes out versus each mm-hmm. other, which is still 28 millimeter, but like it is going to feel smaller because it's a rank and flank old style game. Yeah. So like, for example, maybe uh, John and I, we play that AOS game and uh, we take the, the fish tank tree and we put it down and go, that looks a little big for this table, don't it? And just go, nope, magic tree. <laughs> yep, we're in uh, Gyran or whatever. We're in the realm like, of life. Magic trees, dude. They're huge. Monsters. We should see the squirrels. It's awesome. Yeah, uh, fist fighting at the Animal Kingdom. Let's go. I <laughs> love this. Steve Irwin would be absolutely overjoyed. Uh, yeah, no problem. It's fantasy magic land. It just sort of smooths that over. It's too big of a tree. Whatever. Uh, you then clear off the board. We put down our conquest minis. Okay, now the miniatures are bigger. Cool. Magic tree now looks like a regular tree. Like, Awesome. Love that. Still working. Still cool. We're running with it. Uh, I, You could just smooth it out. Now, that's not always true. Some buildings and stuff jumping from 28 to 38 will look off, but stuff like shrubs and bushes and mortars and hills and stuff, it's, it's probably going to be fine. Um, and I think the thing I will end on is that, like, I don't want to say one is better than the other because it's entirely subjective and that's horse hooey. It's just not the case. But I will say that like preference wise, I definitely am not unbiased. Like for me, looking at all of the weights, I prefer miniature games with larger scales. Couple of reasons. Uh one, I get I I can play the game at full scale without having to buy as many miniatures, which generally means it's cheaper to get into, which is really cool for me. It's always a bonus. Uh, three, the miniatures I do get look more impressive, usually, because the sculptor has more room to work with. Like, it, it's a bigger model, you just got more real estate. So you could do some cooler sculpts that look, and they're not obscured by, like, 300 clan rats, so I can see my cool sculpts on the table. Especially once they're painted, I think that looks great. Um, and also painting them, in my experience, like, talking about these Uger is faster. Because, like, okay, you... It might be a little counterintuitive, but follow me for a second. Like, if the model's bigger, you first go, oh, you've got to cover more square inch of model in paint. And, like, that's like that's technically true. But uh, when something is small and fiddly, even though you don't have to cover it in a lot of square inch, so to speak, everything you paint has to be with the tiniest, most frustrating, least efficient brush possible particularly for little details. Uh, and that means it's just going to take longer. You're going to have to get paint on your brush more often. They have The brushes have smaller bellies, so they don't hold as much paint. It's just, you know, also, you're nervous about it because you got to paint eyes on a tiny little halfling that's at a 28 millimeter. Uh, so it's like, it's itty, itty, bitty. You're looking like Gollum in that, like, meme. Um, but when you size up to, like, a 38 millimeter... And I was painting Uger, so they're bigger than normal humans. 
Boy, howdy, I ain't nervous about anything anymore. I'm using a number eight round brush for details, boy. Like, I'm flying through details. Even the little tiny belt buckles. I don't give a damn. We're running through them. Uh, fly it's also, it's also easier to make mistakes look natural on a larger model. Mm-hmm. And I also think that, like, the smaller a model is, the more someone's going to be, like, hypercritical of what it looks like. Whereas, like, tiny mistakes on a bigger model, no one gives a shit. Yeah. When, like, the belt is the width of your entire paintbrush and you splash over the side of the belt, it looks like you painted a second belt. But if the belt is four times the size of your paintbrush and you get a little splash off of it, no one even notices. It's just, it's true. It's true. So, And you can just blend it if you really want to. You can. You totally can. You can hide it. And hide it and the rest of the stuff. Um, and for me, all of those reasons, like... Boom. I like bigger scales generally, but that's not nearly ubiquitous. And John, I can see you over there nodding your head a lot, particularly around that money bit and the less models bit. Yeah. Like, so this is actually a really tough question for me to answer. Like, which one's my favorite? Um, but I do think that I agree with Joe is that the larger for me, the better. Uh, size queen, y'all. Uh, the <laughs> it's the, it's the less models, less to paint, more. I also like painting bigger things generally. Um, but like, I also love Horde Armies because I have Skaven and Gene Sealer Colt and Guard and yada, yada, yada. But you could do so a Horde me, Army with less Horde. No. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like, I, I, I like all the scales. I'm going to play all the scales because I like war games and want to experience all of them. But I think that so far of all the ones I've, been able to play around with i'm i'm really liking conquest maybe it's just going to be a passing fancy for me but like the bigger size does allow me to do more stuff with paint and also just like means i have to build less mm-hmm. and paint a little bit less which i like doing both those things but i also want to put them on the table and play with them yeah and really really the end all be all breaker for me that made me decide that that was a scale that i preferred is looking at battle reports and going, wow, watching these games and from a distance, they are so much more visible. Like, mm-hmm. it's so much easier to see what each model is, what they do, and what their purpose is from a from a five-foot view, six-foot view, way better. Um, and I think that's kind of like my final point is that from a competitive point of view, I think bigger scales is going to end up being better for a lot of folks that are into those kinds of games. Cause like visibility and information of what you and your opponent both have is important mm-hmm. and bigger scale helps that, um, you know, esports have become more and more of a thing. Streaming Warhammer games become more and more of a thing. Bigger scale means it's easier to like produce content around it and like show people that. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's also a boon for it. It's less fiddly. It's just like you can make it more cinematic, which I think helps. And for me, that's what kind of like goes over. It's because I just I really enjoy watching battle reports for larger scaled games. Mm-hmm. It's nice. They they feel punchy. It's almost like a movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Let's remake Reign of Fire. Oh my God! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in. Say no more. 
flip a coin, heads or tails. One of us gets to play Matthew McConaughey, the other one gets to play a dragon. <laughs> I don't know which one I want more. We're going to have to like flip it and call it in the air. I don't know what my heart desires. Both are great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Matthew McConaughey and Rain of Fire? Huh? Isn't that Christian Bale? It's both, John. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, they're hiding in the castle. Christian Bale is, like, the person, is one of the settlers living inside the castle trying to, like, grow farms and stuff, but the dragons are all like, blah, fire, and turns all the farms to ashes. And then Matthew McConaughey and his aggressive Americans show up with tanks and helicopters, and they've decided we ain't farming shit except for dragon skulls. Let's kill them. right. I and gotta rewatch Train of Fire. Then like, <laughs> Matthew McConaughey tries to convince Christian Bale that like shooting dragons with tanks is the way to be. Uh, and the movie ends with Matthew McConaughey leaping off of like a ruined, crumpled skyscraper with a two-handed battle axe at a dragon's head. Are we watching Rain of Fire? Hell yeah, no. we are. <laughs> All about it. It's gonna oh. be that and Planet of the Apes. Look, it's... Don't get me started on these eight movies. I will go on a four-hour dissertation about eight movies. Joe Hammercon canceled. It's ape time, baby. It's sorry, it's uh, ape together strong. I'm not debating. I'm not asking questions. Don't right. do this to me, Coba. Like we, we're we have finished our we have finished our sixth tangent of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Only six. Wow, we gotta push the numbers up. Um, uh, Matthew McConaughey reference. Nice, nice. Another nice, one. Nice. Two in one episode. Uh, wow. All right. All right. All right. Three. Um, so for the <laughs> your face, I live for the face. So for those out there, what? Has this thought even occurred to you before we had this conversation? Or is Don Juan to just like galaxy braining in another dimension that uh, we are just trying to fathom? Um, Matthew McConaughey's on my mind a lot, all right? Like, I need you to... I need to watch True Detective. Never watched it. It's so good. I've I'm going to go on a four-hour dissertation about True Detective. Uh, but, yeah, scale out there. Uh, if y'all are just now understanding what this is, please leave it in the comments. We appreciate it. And if let this be proof that people who comment get their stuff talked about, sometimes quickly, because we have thoughts. Yes. Uh, and we would really appreciate them. Um, we'll be working on some other stuff behind the scenes, trying to keep lore videos and podcasts coming out every, you know, alternating weeks, because so far it's working shockingly well. Uh, and might get into a little bit of Christmas fun as the holidays are rapidly approaching. For now, though, it's been all of our opinions, bona fide, and Kentucky Fred. We'll see you all in the next one.